Today's reading is Hebrews 9, 23 through 28, found on page 976 of your Pew Bible, and I also think on the monitor. Thus it was necessary for the sketches of the heavenly things to be purified with these rites, but the heavenly things themselves need better sacrifices than these. For Christ did not enter a sanctuary made by human hands, a mere copy of the true one, but he, but he entered into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God on our behalf. Nor was it to offer himself again and again, as the high priest enters the holy place year after year with blood that is not his own. For then he would have had to suffer again and again since the foundation of the world. But as it is, he has appeared once for all at the end of the age to remove sin by the sacrifice of himself. And just as it is appointed for mortals to die once, and after that the judgment, so Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. The word of the Lord. Somehow there's a whole family of jokes out there about a rabbi, a priest, and a minister. And somehow, they're always found entering, walking into a bar. Now, I therefore rule the minister out being a Baptist, such as I was grown uh, to be, because they wouldn't have gone into a bar. But however that goes, here's my favorite one. Rabbi, priest, and a minister were talking about how to give to the Lord and how to determine how much to give to the Lord. So the priest said, well, what I do is I draw a circle on the ground in front of me and I throw all my money up in the air and what lands in the circle I give to the Lord. The minister said, well, I do the circle thing too, only when I throw all my money up in the air, I give to the Lord what's outside the circle. The rabbi then said, I don't even bother with a circle. I throw all my money up in the air and I figure what God wants, he'll keep. The wise men and the magi, the magi of that first Christmas, they were a generous bunch. They brought a lot to celebrate Jesus' birth. They brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Last week we looked at gold as a picture of Christ's kingly This week we're going to look at frankincense and equate it to his priestly role. Next week we'll, we'll get to myrrh. So I hope you're able to take in all these gifts. I'm going to establish a couple things today. First of all, is frankincense to be connected to priests? Is Jesus really a priest? And then lastly, answering the question, what difference does this make for you and me? So first of all, frankincense. Frankincense, you know, we usually don't think about this. We just say the wise men brought it. Well, what was that? It was a milky gum from a plant grown only in South Arabia, and it was therefore very rare, therefore very expensive. But most importantly, when you burned it, it gave off a lovely smell. So when God had Moses put together a special recipe of incense for use in the worship of the tabernacle and the temple, 
frankincense was in there among some other spices. And that became a special incense only used in, in the worship, which the priests looked over. If you recall, the Jewish worship involved a lot of sacrifice, a lot of animals being slaughtered. Try to imagine in your own mind the smell of a slaughterhouse, of a butcher shop. To have a pleasant odor from frankincense was a helpful thing in the, in the worship and the practice for the priests. And so every reference we find in the Old Testament tends to find its way back to the priests and the sacrifices when it comes to the word frankincense. Frankincense is closely connected to the worship, the sacrifice of God's people in the tabernacle and the temple. There are some exceptions. One is in Isaiah, there's a prophecy about camels bringing golden frankincense to Jerusalem to praise God on, on camels is how they're transported. The golden frankincense comes on camels, and I wonder if the wise men had any idea that they were fulfilling that prophecy in Isaiah. Did they have any idea by bringing gold that they were picturing Christ as a king? Well, we know they were looking for a king. Did they have any idea when bringing frankincense they were, they were referring to his priestly role? This we don't know for sure. Most Christmas carols, if you've paid attention, speak of Jesus as king, even a child king. Very few of them, and I found them quite obscure, make any reference to his being a priest. But I would like to support the fact that Jesus is a priest, and therefore frankincense was a very appropriate gift to him. There's one book in the Bible that makes this point. Very seldom is it mentioned explicitly anywhere else. But the book of Hebrews makes one main point, and that is that Jesus is the priest. What I'd like to do is take you through a few favorite passages, but then also scan some others. And so if you would take the Pew Bible, we don't always ask you to do this, but humor me a little. Take that, turn to page 972, And let me show you the first reference to Jesus as, as priest in this book, and then we'll track it a bit further. So Hebrews 2, 16, it's on page 972, top left. Verse 16 says, It is clear that he, speaking of Jesus, did not come, therefore it's, it's a Christmas message here, he did not come to help angels but the descendants of Abraham the Hebrews, humans. Therefore, he had to become like his brothers and sisters in every respect so that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make a sacrifice of atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself was tested by what he suffered, he's able to help those who are being tested. And we continue, therefore, brothers and sisters, holy partners in a heavenly calling, Consider that Jesus, the apostle and high priest of our confession, was faithful. And then you can follow the sentence on. Look at the next page, same top left. You'll see that in the Pew Bible, there's even the heading, Jesus, the great high priest. Verse 14 of chapter 4. 
Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who in every respect has been tested as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore approach the throne of grace with boldness, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. The author wants us clearly to know that Jesus is a high priest. He's the great high priest. If you turn the page with me, we find in chapter 7, you can see the heading there, that he's of a different priestly order, the order of Melchizedek. And this gets a little bit deep and complex, but Melchizedek came before Aaron, who was the key high priest in Moses' day. Came before Levi, the, the tribe that Aaron's family came from. Melchizedek was before them and therefore precedes them and is preeminent. And Jesus is of Melchizedek's order, not Levi's order. And so the author of Hebrews is, is preaching the fact that Jesus is not just a priest, an ordinary priest. He's a pretty special priest of a special order. Look at chapter 8. The title is, He's a Mediator of a Better Covenant. In chapter 9, the heading tells us somehow there's a heavenly sanctuary involved in Jesus where the other priests are just involved in earthly sanctuaries. Turn the page. I'm on 976. Look at the headings there. Christ's sacrifice. This is what we read earlier. Takes away sin. But then in chapter 10, it's once for all. Those are things that, that the first and early sacrifices never accomplished. They just covered sin for a while. They didn't take it away. And they had to be repeated again and again and again. Jesus was once for all. And so if you haven't gotten the point, Jesus is not just a priest. He is that. Not just a high priest. He is that. But he's the great high priest. He's the best priest ever. Why? Because no other priest was perfect, holy, blameless in his life. No other priest offered himself as a perfect sacrifice. No other priest went into a heavenly sanctuary. No other priest could offer the kind of saving salvation that Jesus could offer. He's, he's the best priest ever. And the author of Hebrews is saying, don't go back to that old stuff that just was a copy of what Jesus is the original. Don't go back to the sketches when you could have the masterpiece. Don't settle for a copy when the original, the, the real thing is this Jesus. A shadow compared to the reality. And all these arguments, the author of Hebrews is saying, Jesus is the real thing. Everything else just points to him and fill the gap until he came. And so the argument is real clear in this text. Frankincense is related to priests. Jesus is a priest. What a good gift. It was a perfect gift for these wise men to bring. But now you need to know, and you should be asking, so what, Paul? Give us, give us a reason for all this. Well, what's great in, in preaching sermons is that this very book is a sermon. And 
the preacher of the first century anticipated the so what question. And when you come to chapter 10, verse 19, if your Bible's still open, he says, therefore, my friends, you want to know what a difference makes? Verse 21, since we have a great priest over the house of God, let me give you three lettuces. It's almost like a salad um, appetizer before lunch here. Let us, in verse 22, approach with a true heart in full assurance of faith. You could read the rest of it, but, but a priest had the responsibility of, of kind of opening a way for the people to approach God. Well, Jesus is that, that high priest. And friend, if you've never approached God through faith in Jesus Christ, this is a great time to consider it. Coming into this Christmas season, uh, you will know the Christ of Christmas in a way you haven't known him. If you just recognize him as the high priest who, who made the way open for you to have a relationship with holy God forever. You can have forgiveness of sins, a right relationship with him, the hope of eternal life. All these gifts just by entering through the priesthood of Christ, the best priest ever. I love the prayer that comes in the old uh, Christmas carol, O Little Town of Bethlehem. The last verse says, O Holy Child of Bethlehem, descend to us, we pray. Cast out our sin and enter in, be born in us today. That can become your prayer. As you come into the season, ask Christ to come in and be your priest and and take over. You can approach God only through him. But what a great time to do it. Right here, right now, um, this season. That's verse 22. Look at verse 23, chapter 10. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope. Maybe you've been a Christian for quite a while, but you're here hoping to maybe catch a little bit of the Christmas sentiment, but in reality, life's been so messed up for you that you're about ready to give up hope and you really don't know if there's much to this Christianity you once held on to and held fast. You're ready to either give up or you have already and you're just here wondering kind of last straw. Is there anything real to this faith? I want you to know that through our priest, Jesus Christ, we have someone who knows how tough this life is. He's lived here with us. That's why the text we read earlier can say he can sympathize. He's been through life and has been tested in every way we can imagine. He's not distant in heaven, unaware of what life here is like. He knows what you've gone through. Turn to him. Trust him. Talk to him. Let him know how this life stinks at times. He knows. He'll agree with you. And yet he's one we can hold on to even when life is pretty tough. Hold fast. Don't give up. Approach God. Hold fast for sure. But then lastly, in verse 24, let us consider how to provoke one another. The, it's even translated irritate one another. To love and good deeds. Meeting together. Encouraging one another. This is part of what Christ has done. A good priest not only presents himself as a sacrifice and prays for his people sympathetically, but he also provides a, a worship community for us to be a part of. 
Jesus has done that. He established the church. And our coming together, encouraging one another, is an important piece. Life is tough, for sure. But our coming together and encouraging one another is an important part of living the Christian life. So don't give up on coming together. These are the things Christ, our high priest, offers us. A sacrifice, his prayers, a new family community to worship. That's priestly work. And he does it the best. So my encouragement to you is that you see Christ as, as your high priest. That you use this Christmas time to remember him, not just as king, but as the one who made it possible for us to relate to holy, eternal God. That you turn to him, trust uh, him, give him your, your tough parts of your life, and then also make maybe some new commitments to be a part of Christ's church, his people. We're imperfect, I get it. But this is where we can encourage one another, even irritate one another to love and good deeds. So would you pray with me? I'm going to give you space. We have a couple minutes to just pray wherever you're at in responding to this, uh, this great high priest. God, we come before you and pray that the priesthood of Christ would minister to each one of us wherever we're at and in our faith. Maybe we need to turn to you, Christ, in faith for the first time. Maybe we need to come back because life's been tough and we've lost our grip. Maybe we need to just be a more faithful, engaged participant in the church of Christ where we can encourage one another. And all the more as we see the day approaching, the day of, of Christ's return, the day of full salvation. So would you, would you hear our prayers from each individual's own heart in this quiet moment?